my own thoughts to elaborate on what he said, but I'd love to just open it up to you all first and love to hear any reactions, what was helpful, um, any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, Michael. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, he didn't get into social media, but he could have elaborated on the reality of social media and how that all connects to um, sharing an honest view of ourselves. But no, thank you for that. So it's, it reminded you of Philippians 4.8, think on these things, what is ever is lovely, especially connecting to that. It's good. Any other reactions, thoughts? So I thought I saw another hand up somewhere. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, beauty inspires creativity. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, I agree. Yes, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. So Scott was saying he just loved the point uh, where he said beauty is an end in itself. Um, it's, it's, we, we tend to make, make it, try to make it utilitarian or productive, but he's just saying beauty is a, is, has an end in itself. Yeah. Was there another hand up back there? I see one. No. Yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah. And, I, and if you want inspiration on 
why, you know, this, he has a whole chapter on Van Gogh in here that's incredible. Um, so if you get this book and read that chapter, it'll make you really want to go to that. Um, yeah, Zachary. I appreciate that, Zachary. It's helpful. Um, so yeah, he said we have a theological responsibility to deliberately and regularly engage with beauty. And, and one of his points was it's because God is inherently beautiful. Um, we also said because God's creation is inherently beautiful. So um, you know, think about this. In Genesis, it says, And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. Um, you know, so he's describing, God is describing why he created trees here. And there's a utilitarian um, side of it. It's good for food. But I, but I love how it also says pleasant to the sight. Like part of God's design in creating trees, and I, I think we could argue based on the rest of Scripture, you know, so much of creation was that it was pleasant to the sight. God wanted to give us something pleasant to look at. Um, and then I think about the tabernacle. I mean, you look, you read through the, uh, that part of those many chapters in, in Exodus where it talks about the creation of the tabernacle and all the detail that God goes into. As I'm reading that section, I was reading it recently, um, I just, I couldn't help but start Im, uh, imagining Joanna Gaines just like pouring over one of her house renovations and just all the details she wants. She just wants to make it pop. She wants to make it beautiful and attractive. And I just couldn't help but think of that as, as you just hear the amount of detail God wanted in the tabernacle for it to be beautiful. Um, and Francis Schaeffer in his book on art that I uh, mentioned last week, he, um, he, uh, he talks about you know, various, he talks about the tabernacle and the temple later in that uh, uh, Solomon builds, that God wasn't just concerned about function with the temple. He very much was. He wanted to be a place where they could worship, but he also was concerned about beauty. You know, like think, one example is the priest's garment. 
It says, on its hem you shall make pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet around its hem with bells of gold between them. So what color are pomegranates? They're red, right? He doesn't even say, I mean, scarlet, I guess, could be red, but there's also blue and purple. Um, purple and scarlet could be natural changes in the growth of a pomegranate, but blue, what does blue have to do with it? You know, what does that imply? Like, why would God add a blue pomegranate? And, and Francis Schaeffer makes this point of just, it, 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 it brings more beauty uh, to that garment. Um, and then you look at the temple, creation of the temple. Um, it says he garnished the house, the temple, with precious stones for beauty. That's the King James Version, the ESV and the NIV. They say he adorned them with these, but the same kind of sense. There was no pragmatic reason uh, for these stones. God simply wanted beauty. Second um, Chronicles 3, in front of the house, he made two pillars of 35 cubits high with a capital of five cubits on the top. Um, he made chains uh, like a necklace and put them on the tops of the pillars and made 100 pomegranates and put them on the chairs. He set up pillars in front of the temple, one on the south, one on the north. Um, Francis Schaeffer points out that these are freestanding columns. Uh, there is no pragmatic function to them. They're not actually holding up anything. So why would that be significant for our discussion about beauty? Um, he, wanted there to, he wanted to adorn the temple with beauty. Um, and then another example of that is 1 Kings 7.29. And on the panels that were set in the frames were lions, oxen, and cherubim. On the frames, both above and below the lions and oxen, there were wreaths of beveled work. Again, Francis Schaeffer points out that there was no pragmatic reason for these other than to adorn the temple. Um, yes? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it kind of adds to what Russ Ramsey was saying about what does beauty do? It attracts us to goodness. Um, it inspires us. It arouses belief in God. Um, I had a whole thing I was going to share about, um, you know, how beauty, I want to just share... Um, what does beauty do? We went through all this with Russ. Um, you know, that, that on that point that Russ made, beauty arouses belief in God. N.T. Wright asked this question um, thinking about, you know, secularists, people uh, kind of from a secular framework. What if this joy we find in beauty is merely the accidental byproduct of our evolutionary history, a vestigial, which means remaining, a remaining memory of hunting prospects or mating opportunities. Would we still find it beautiful if we knew that to be true? I think that's a really interesting question um, as, as we even think about engaging our neighbors um, and, and how much, you know, we all are encountering beauty and, and beauty can be an interesting topic um, because the a Christian explanation of beauty provides a reason for, for Christians to create and admire beautiful things. Um, and, uh, whoops, you know, um, 
Creating and admiring beautiful things are tangible ways for Christians to worship the Creator while committed materialists, that's someone who just kind of only is a naturalist, they don't believe in God, they may experience the same impulse to create as Christians do. They cannot provide such a powerful justification and meaning. And there's just a lot you could say about how beauty is a, is a bridge, talking about beauty and, and how we as humans react to beauty is a bridge to talk about God with people. Um, but I do need to wrap us up. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this chance to talk about beauty. I pray that you would um, uh, help us to have encounters with beauty in life and, and have the, the wisdom um, to know how to do that well. Um, uh, and would you, we thank you for beauty, Lord. We thank you for all the beauty that is around us in your creation and, and through your people. Uh, we also know that it's broken, that there are ways the devil uses beauty uh, for his own means to attract to the wrong things. Uh, so would we have discernment as well. Um, but we thank you for this discussion we could have. In Jesus' name, amen.